I see so many people, they hold back from their best stuff in the beginning. One of my philosophies is I want people to give as much away for free as they can on the front end. The more you give away for free, the more you're gonna get on the back end as far as currency. When we coach our coaches to go out and do marketing or we coach people to increase their sales, I watch people so much where they, they hold back their best stuff. This is closely guarded secret and you gotta pay me this if you want it. Now that's one approach. Or I could say, hey, here's that secret, man. I got more where that comes from. And you're like, wow, this guy's amazing. And then here, here's another secret. Here's another secret and another secret. What happens is I'm building an indebtedness from you to me. Man, I, that Gary is so good. He's always helping me out. I just wanna do something for him. Now when I say, hey, do you wanna buy my thing? Yes, yes, I do. I wanna give you money because you've been helping me so much. And then the next thing I offer, they go, yeah, I want that too. Yeah, I want that. Oh, wow, and it's good because I give my best stuff up front. I'm not holding back, whether it's free or in the courses. If I do a course, I give it all out. And then let's go figure out a different angle to teach them how to do something else. I don't need to hold back. I, I see people hold back too much. You need to give all you can up front, put your best foot forward. Welcome to the Mod Golf Podcast, where we speak with the entrepreneurs, innovators, disruptors, and influencers who are shaping the future of golf. I'm your host, Colin Weston. Before we get started with our latest episode, I wanted to take a moment to welcome our new presenting partner, InRange Golf. InRange is an award-winning driving range technology company that is creating a new standard in off-course player experiences and revolutionizing business success for range owners. If you're a golf facility operator looking to enhance your digital gaming experience and increase revenue, I encourage you to check them out at www.inrange.com. All right, well today I have a real treat for you. You know, we talk about entrepreneurs, innovators, disruptors, and influencers. I have a gentleman that, even though I'm looking at him right now, he's wearing one hat with one of his companies with Lagshot. He wears all four of those hats of doing all those things that we like to talk about on the show here. And that is Gary Guerrero Jr. Gary, I, I first saw what you were doing on Instagram with your handle Golf Entrepreneur that I consider myself one of. And we talk through the show all the time. You were putting a lot of content out there that really resonated with me because a lot of times you get really kind of cheesy type of quotes that people put out there. And you were doing that. You were putting stuff out there, your own experience and also inspirational stuff that really hit with me. And I just had to track you down after months and months and I finally have. So here we are. So Gary, welcome to the Mod Golf Podcast. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. It's great to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. My pleasure. So... Yeah, we're going to get into all the things you've done. I consider you a serial entrepreneur. That's a term I usually don't like to use too much because sometimes it's people not finishing something off and then they're looking for the next bright, shiny thing. But you're a six, if not including your agency, I think at least a seven-time founder, three of those companies in the golf space, if not more. And we're going to talk about all of those and even more today. But let's get us started before we get into all the really interesting things and how you scaled businesses. And I've just got to hear about your methods of what's worked and what hasn't. Let's talk about golf. Let's have a little icebreaker here, Gary. Let's talk about your first ever golf experience. Who introduced you to the game at what age? And tell us that first experience that still uh, sticks uh, in your memory and makes you smile. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for having me on here. It's truly a pleasure and an honor to be here. Anytime I get to speak about our businesses, the accomplishments that we've had as a team, myself, it's, it's a true honor. So thank you again. Absolutely. My first ever golf experience. So I was born and raised in Concord, California, which is in the Bay Area of California. Mm. And my first ever golf experience was miniature golfing, actually, with my mom. Nice. You know, when I think back, it was the windmill 
That's my earliest memory, honestly, is putt-putt with my mom. Um, I didn't pick up a golf club and strike a golf ball on grass until I was in my 20s. Huh. I just wasn't around golf. I was a baseball player. I was a basketball player. I was in other sports, very athletic, but just wasn't really around the golf until I got into my early 20s. So that's my earliest experience. Now, my first experience as a golfer, I was in my 20s. I was a weekend warrior out with my brothers, yeah, yeah. having a few beers on the course. I remember I would two, three beers it would take to get golfing good, you'd hit that little plateau. And then after that, I remember, you know, three, four, five, we would be going downhill and no more golf. Then it was just about having fun. And that's another one of my earliest experiences in my twenties. And I didn't get serious about golf until I was about 33 years old. There's many reasons why, again, I wasn't really around golf that much. My family raced motorcycles and cars and we built motors. We raced every weekend. That's what my family did growing up. We weren't around golf and country clubs. I grew up around a blue collared family. We worked hard, we played hard. It was just a different lifestyle. And then when I moved to Florida, that's when I really was introduced to golf because here in Naples, there's more golf courses around here than anywhere in the world, I think. It's the golf mecca of the world, Naples, Florida. 160 golf courses last time I checked within a 25 mile radius. Now I've been able to plug into golf and I've made it a business, a career. I'm a, a serial golf entrepreneur now, <laughs> and I'm just grateful for you know the opportunity that golf has given me. Uh, in some ways, I think I'm a, an older Canadian version of you, where I didn't grow up around golf either. I played a lot of a lot of team sports competitively, also basketball, football, hockey. Because I'm Canadian, hey, of course you're going to do that, and baseball. Yeah, I wasn't introduced to golf until in my, my 20s, and almost the exact same trajectory. So, well, I have to ask now. So, so what's your handicap? Uh, about a six right now. Okay, so, you, so you, you're going to have to give me eight strokes because I'm, I'm stuck at a 14 and, and I'm working too much in the golf industry that I have no time to actually work on my golf game these days. I've landed in that cursed area of being golf adjacent rather than golf on, so i got to change that a little bit. You know, lag shot took me from a nine handicap down to a five. I can go out and shoot scratch or shoot a 90. I'm still not as consistent as I'd like because I don't have the opportunity to get out there and play golf as much as I would like, yeah, yeah. you know, once a week if I'm lucky. Mm -hmm. And you just got to get out there and play more than that. But lag shot has really enabled me to improve my distance, my timing, my tempo, my accuracy, everything. I have became a much better golfer because of my own product that I built. And everyone around us has similar experiences as well with lag shot when they nice. really use it. Got it. Now, all of our listeners are wondering if you don't know what lag shot golf is already. And of course, millions do. We're going to be a little bit of a teaser here. We're going to bestow some restraint. I got to hold off on that because I really want to get into your entrepreneurial journey. And you had mentioned to me when we were on a call last week that your background is in graphic design. So very much like my background, I, I'm, my background's in architecture and I was the first half of my career before I got into the entrepreneurship space and we had opportunities with some ventures. So tell me about that kind of early days where you started and the, and the formation of Triple G Marketing, which is your company that you still have to this day, your digital marketing and, and content creation company. So tell me the early days here of your first venture as a, an owner and then as an entrepreneur. Okay. We're going to date it way back, if that's okay. Let's go. Let, we got the time. Let's do it. We're going to take it back to when I was six years old, if that's okay. I love it. <laughs> yep. Go for it. So I've always been an entrepreneur um, from the time I was 
born early on. My mom likes to tell this story, and, and honestly, I don't remember it other than what she tells of it. She tells the story as, you know, I was a kid and I always liked to do little side jobs, whether it be mowing the lawn, pulling weeds. I always wanted to wash the car. I, I like to have money at a young age. I wanted to buy things. Yep. You know, I had visions and goals. At six years old, I wanted the, the RC car. And I came from a, a poor family. And so my mom said, Gara, I'll match you with anything you want. If you work for it, I'll match you. It was one of the best principles I've ever had in my life because at five, six, I'm out thinking if I work for something, whatever it is, my mom's going to match me on that. And at six, seven years old, I was driving Lamborghini RC cars that I worked for. So the story that my mom likes to tell is I would go out and get little side jobs in the neighborhood and I would go get the kids in the neighborhood to do it for half the price that I got the job for. So I would get the job to wash the boat for 20 bucks and I would go get two kids to do it for 10. So I learned at a very young age how to use other people's efforts and workforce power to accomplish the overall job and, and I don't have to do anything and I can get paid. So I learned at a very early age how to use other people's efforts to build businesses. Even as a kid, as 12 years old, I, I started a candy operation where we would go buy candy at Costco and I would have me and my friends, we would sell candy at school and make five, 10 bucks a day. This is in the sixth grade I was doing this stuff. So my family has always been building businesses and I've seen my dad and my family build construction companies and my brother was a master carpenter. My dad was an electrician, would build big power plants. So I came from a good work ethic, work hard, play hard, and you'll get everything you'll ever want in life and be happy while you're doing it. And that's kind of the approach I was given at a very early age. I dropped out of high school my sophomore year. I dropped out and, and uh, got my GED at 16 and started working full time. I didn't have any direction from the people that raised me, the big brothers, the dads. We didn't go to college. They right. worked hard, like I said, you know, weekend warriors. And that was all I knew. So I didn't have anybody directing me in that way. And so at a very young age, I wanted to work. That was what I knew. Yeah. I seen the guys around me, the giants around me, they worked. So at 16, I wanted to work and college wasn't in my radar. And so I started working at a sign shop doing screen printing and I wanted to get in the art room. I've always been a graphic designer, an artist in my mind and back up a little bit. When I was early on, uh, six, seven years old, I wanted to be an architect. That All was right. what I wanted to be. When we would go to school in the first grade and they say, what do you want to be, little Johnny? Johnny would say, I want to be a fireman, an astronaut. I'm like, I want to be an architect. I want to draft houses. Like, seriously. Right. They're like, okay. And I kept that vision my whole adolescence. And then, you know, I found a girl when I was 15 and fell in love and got the full-time job, got married at 19 years old. Wow. And we moved to Florida. And then that's when I started learning again how to build businesses. This was in 2005. Okay. Now I was married and I had to earn an income and I couldn't find a job doing the graphic design that was going to pay enough. Right. So temporarily I went to work with my family, which ended up turning into a five-year plan. Right. I was building houses. I was framing. I was doing construction with my family. And in that five years from 2000 to 2005, I didn't even really turn on a computer. And then in 2005, when I was 25 years old, my brother came to me with a business opportunity and it was a MLM business. I didn't know anything about MLM marketing. 
or direct sales marketing. And he came to me with this business opportunity, which was called ACN. So this company was going to be one of the early technology companies that started doing camera phones live at your house. This was a year or two before Skype came out and right. it was supposed to be the new future of phones. We were going to have these screens on them that you could talk to and it still had the cord on it like an old desk phone. And I jumped into this company. I rolled up my sleeves. I started trying to figure out how to build a business at home. We were doing everything in this home-based business to bring people to us. The old school tactics like have house parties and belly to belly and the two foot rule and like anyone you can come in contact with, you want to talk to them about this business opportunity to get them to sign up. That's what MLM is all about. And so yeah. I did that. I was just burning through all these contacts and people and nobody was joining. I think I signed up two people and I was super excited about it. It was the future. I couldn't believe that nobody saw what I was seeing. I was banging my head against the wall, trying to find people that saw what I saw. And then I turned to the internet and I started searching and I learned that 50,000 people a week were joining a home-based business. So I turned to figure out how I could attract those people to me and put my offer in front of them. Right. And that's when I learned SEO. That's when I learned the mastery of search engine optimization. And that's how it all started for me and my companies and everything I've done. It started with SEO and this is the story. So it started with the MLM and then I turned to the internet to figure out how I could get these little websites ranked. And back then we were doing keyword stuffing. There wasn't any penalties for algorithms. There wasn't any Google Panda or Penguin updates or nothing like that back then. We would literally build a web page and stuff it with keywords and it would rank. Then after Google started catching on to that, we had to change our marketing search engine optimization methods. And then I started learning SEO and I dove in and I started becoming an expert at getting websites ranked. 2009, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. He was my best friend and we lost him in four months. And during the time when he was battling this, he kept pushing me to start my own business. And after dad died, I started my marketing company. Five months after, in 2010, I started GGG Marketing and we specialized in the graphic design and web building. And we did a little bit of SEO in the beginning because that's what I was learning. But I'd always had the graphic design background. I was really good at art. And so that was my forte. It came really easy to build the websites. And then next, the logical step was to go into the marketing. And I started picking up contracts in SEO from the clients that we were bringing in. And I would sell a website back then for two to $4,000 early on. And that would turn into a $10,000, $20,000 lifetime customer in marketing. Right. And so real quickly, I learned that there was more money to be made in the marketing. And I pivoted and switched my model to just pure marketing. It's been GGG marketing ever since then. So we got into the SEO and man, we were doing so well. We developed eight locations throughout Florida where we were ranking our own company, GGG Marketing, for web design, SEO, content creation, pay-per-click marketing, anything that you wanted to do with marketing your business in Florida, we were dominating. We were doing a million dollars a year of SEO contracts. And you know, honestly, I just got a little burned out. I lost the artistry of what I fell in love with this whole thing in, in the beginning with come from an art background. Yeah. Graphics was a, what I love, building websites. And then it turned into the marketing. And then I kind of lost touch with the art. And it just became about contracts and SEO and money. 
And honestly, I, I lost my interest because of that. Four years after doing the SEO stuff, we were doing very well. I started learning a different part of the business of marketing online. I started le learning digital marketing at a different level. Instead of doing local marketing, where we were ranking in the Google listings or ranking number one for maps or anything that had to be local, you search one of our clients, you would find a pay-per-click ad, you would find a maps listing and have them number one. We would try to dominate the entire page. And then we would throw up social and get your Facebook rank. So if you would search any one of our clients, like all their profiles, everything would just dominate for their keywords. Around this time, I met a gentleman in the tennis niche. All right. And I was learning the digital marketing stuff while building the local business. And the digital marketing really allowed me to learn marketing at a national and worldwide level. Because now I'm learning how to sell to somebody in Australia or England or wherever. So the digital marketing opened up the whole landscape from my local marketing mind. And then when I did that, that's when it changed everything. Real quickly got rid of all of my clients. I let them expire over the next year or two, my SEO clients. And I switched my whole business plan just to coaching. And I was working with a tennis client and this client had um, 300 videos on YouTube. And I had asked him what he was doing to monetize that traffic that he was generating. And he said he was sending the traffic to his website where he was selling a DVD course. This was still back. We were selling DVDs 2015. Right. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, we still sell DVDs. It's one of our best lead sales initial offers that we have. So this client came to me and said that he had made $12,000 in three years with 300 videos on YouTube. And I was like, wow, man, we need to, we need to change this. So I yeah. looked at it and I analyzed it and I said, why don't we take half of your videos, take them off of YouTube and put them on a membership website and we'll charge whatever we want for the people to access that content. That was my first membership website I built. So we, we did that. We took half the videos off. We built a membership website. We charged $197, not to my wish, the gentleman overvalued his expertise and his video content. I believed that we had to go a little cheaper so that we could get more customers in and then sell them more stuff later on. That was my theory. So I said, all right, let's put a 197 price tag on. I think it's fair. It's kind of expensive, but we'll see how it works. The first year we did $50,000 in organic sales. So then I told this guy, I said, hey, uh, we're going to do things different now. He was like, okay, whatever you want to do, we'll, we'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> He'd only made 13 grand in three years and he was all ears to whatever I had to say. So then I got to work and I started learning more about digital marketing, how I could splinter his expertise and create more courses. So I took his membership site and I split that up into like eight different courses. And then I would sell those courses for like $47. The next year we did $500,000 organically. And then the year after that, I actually parted ways. That's when I jumped over to golf. Around that time, I was working with Adam Bazaljet, who is the director at Mediterra, who is my business partner at Scratch Golf Academy. This is around 2005. You want me to keep going? Is this good? Yeah, well, uh, let me jump in here for, for a second. You've thrown a <laughs> lot of long-winded. I can tell you the whole story. <laughs> That's fascinating. And I could, I hope our listeners are too. I'm just taking all this in here. Usually I'll jump in, but you were just going there and it was all really great stuff. Your journey there. 
We are now going to take a short break to hear about our episode presenting partner, InRange. So, what is InRange? Well, InRange is a radar-based ball tracking company that enhances the driving range experience by offering the most engaging gameplay and precise ball tracking on the market. InRange is the only driving range tracking business that truly offers something for every type of visitor. They have unparalleled practice software, which includes the world's first and only practice handicap, as well as golf games and courses for the more social player. They are also the only software in the world that offers a bay versus bay link-up feature, meaning large groups can play against one each other in teams right across the entire venue. To learn more about them, check out www.inrangegolf.com. What I love here is your ability to learn and test, like you said, what you learned as far as getting customers through the early part of the funnel at a lower price point, or even learning, you said, from websites, you can charge X, but then for the marketing, that long tail, you can charge 5, 10, 20X that over the lifetime value of that customer. It seems like from what you learned from that, you were then applying to the tennis model, even though there was some resistance until then, that worked also. So now I'm very intrigued. It's a good place to take a pause here for a moment because now we're getting into the beginning of your golf business journey here. So my understanding with what you've done with Adam Bazaljet and also with Golf Fanatics, I understand that Golf Fanatics was the first golf business that you co-founded if I'm correct on that. And from my understanding with that, you took it to a certain level and then you saw other opportunities with Lagshot Golf we're going to talk about and also with Scratch Golf Academy. So one thing I find very interesting, I want you to fold into the next chapter or chapters of your journey here, Gary, is your ability to let things go, which is so hard for entrepreneurs. I know myself also, it's so difficult. Steve Jobs once was quoted by saying, the things I'm most proud of are the things I said no to that we didn't do. I'm just as proud of those as the things that we did do that gave other opportunities. So I'd love to hear your take, kind of fold that into the next piece of your chapter you're going to talk about with Golf Fanatics and also with Scratch Golf Academy and then leading up to Lagshot Golf. So what gave you the insight and even the courage to to let something go rather than hold on to it for too long? Absolutely. I appreciate that. Yeah, I can get long-winded. I mean, I love this stuff. I'm so passionate about it, helping people. It's all honestly. good. It's, it's really where it comes from. My excitement comes from passion. You know, I do this to help others and hope I get something small in return for doing it. You know, honestly, that's my the way I look at life. Love that. Um, I, I want to touch on what you said, the value ladder is what I call it. Okay. And I didn't coin it. One of my mentors, Russell Brunson, has taught me so much in marketing, ClickFunnels co-founder. Yep. So he teaches something called the value ladder. And really, it's basically if you draw like steps going up, every customer has a journey, like you like to say. And what I like to do is ascend them up this value ladder. If I wanted to sell a 1000 priced item, that's almost like asking for a woman to marry me, right? On the now, first date. If I just walk up to any woman, I'll, yeah, on the first date, exactly, on the first date. So if I walk up to any woman, she likes me, I like her, and I say, hey, will you marry me? I mean, oh my God, that's a shocker. I, I got to think about this. We got to go out. We got to test the tires, all that stuff. Yep. Now, if I asked her just to go out on a date, that would be a good start. And so I like to ask for small commitments in marketing early on. And so instead of asking for a 1000 priced item, I want to start that same customer on a journey that maybe starts with a seven or 17 
or 47 or 97. The higher priced you go up, the harder it is to convert them on the front end. Mm -hmm. So I always want to start with a small ticket item, seven, 17, a dollar trial, something that just gets them to open up their wallet and pull out their credit card. Right. First step is to get them as a customer. The hardest sale you'll ever make in marketing is the first one. Every sale after that to that same person is going to be easier. So if I could offer something at a dollar price versus a hundred dollar price, I'm going to get a customer 90% of the time at the dollar, maybe 100% of the time. So we always want to start with a low ticket item. And then we would offer the next thing in their journey. So in golf, I might offer a three part series on how to become a better uh, driver of the ball for $17. Let's say that's a low commitment. There's not a lot of risk there. They say, Yeah, I'm a golfer I identify as a golfer. And I want to buy that I want to get further with my drive. So they buy this three part video series. And then on the next step, I say, Hey, stop. Congratulations. You just bought that. Congrats. It's going to help you with X, Y, and Z. What about the other areas of the game? How about I offer you a course? <laughs> I'm ad lib in paraphrasing, but how about I offer you a course on how to get better at putting or mm -hmm. your iron play? We already know he's a golfer and he wants to get better at golf driving. He probably wants to get better at putting, but now the putting course is 97. Now we can move them up that ladder. As we move them up, the price goes up as well. And the value that we offer as a coach, as a marketer, as whatever goes up, you have to pay more to get more information from me. I may give you some tips up front and it may be cheap, but if you want to work with us for an hour a day mentorship, it's going to cost this much. So we have to get them up there. We have to show them the value. And really that's what that is. It's super important to start small and then raise them up the ladder through your products, through your other offers, cross sell, upsell, down the road sell. The whole goal is to increase the LTV, the lifetime customer value. Yes. And it sounds like you've really learned the value of cultivating trust with your client, with your user, with your buyer. And yeah, you start small and you work from there rather than coming out of the gate too hot with something because hey, they don't know you, they don't trust you. Does this work? You've obviously nailed that. You've done that in your other businesses and then managed to, to transport that across into golf. I, I love this. Okay, keep going. Keep going. I see so many people, they hold back from their best stuff in the beginning as well. One of my philosophies is I want people to give as much away for free as they can on the front end. The more you give away for free, the more you're going to get on the back end as far as currency. Yes. Monetary value. The more free information and value you can give up front, the more you're going to receive on the back end. I like to see people lead with their best foot forward as well. When we coach our coaches to go out and do marketing or we coach people to increase their sales, I watch people so much where they, they hold back their best stuff. This is closely guarded secret and you got to pay me this if you want it. Now that's one approach. Or I could say, hey, here's that secret, man. I got more where that comes from. And you're like, wow, this guy's amazing. And then here, here's another secret. Here's another secret and another secret. What happens is I'm building an indebtedness from you to me. The more I can offer you for free information, you almost feel indebted to me. Man, I, that Gary is so good. He's always helping me out. I just want to do something for him. Now, when I say, hey, you want to buy my thing? Yes, yes, I do. I do. I want to, I want to give you money because you've been helping me so much. And then the next thing I offer, they go, yeah, I want that too. Yeah, I want that. Oh, wow. And it's good because I give my best stuff up front. I'm not holding back. I give the best information and the best stuff, whether it's free or in the courses. If I do a course, I give it all out. 
And then let's go figure out a different angle to teach them how to do something else. You know, I don't need to hold back. I, I, I see people hold back too much. You need to give all you can up front and put your best foot forward in marketing. And, and on, on that note, I, I'd like to shift the story a little bit here where I found you originally on Instagram with what you were doing with your handle golf entrepreneur and, and talking about that give first mentality. You're just providing not only nuggets of wisdom that are your own from experience, but also from others and mentors and advisors and, and what you've read and what you've experienced, but also putting yourself out there and just having that give first mentality. And I noticed you've got over half a million followers now. So tell us about that. I mean, it seems very authentic. I'm sure it benefits your business as far as bringing people in. And you got me because then I wanted to find out more about you and it led to this conversation. But tell me a little bit about that because obviously you put a lot of energy and consistency into that as far as giving first on social media and especially on Instagram there. So so tell me a bit about that with your handle, Golf Entrepreneur, and how that folds into your business philosophy. Absolutely. So Golf Entrepreneur my handle was born two years ago, the first time after the PGA show was back after COVID. Mm -hmm. So we went there and my past marketing experience has been paid media. It's never really been social media. To me, social media was like watching paint dry five years ago. Before Reels and TikTok and all that stuff came out, yeah. I had 500 people on Instagram for like 10 years. I had a few hundred followers on Facebook and I never had an Instagram. I had a LinkedIn, but I had your basic business type of social media. I didn't go crazy like I do now because I see there's a huge asset in this traffic and helping people and being able to touch at a big reach. So two years ago, when we went to the PGA show with that type of marketing background, I had some of our influencers in Lagshot coming up and saying, hey, why don't you guys start a TikTok for Lagshot for yourself? You could do so well. We're, we're experiencing so much growth there. And I was like, man, TikTok's for kids. You know, I've been there. It's, it, it's not my thing. And when you hear a few people saying certain things, you might want to listen to it. Right. And I was listening to the universe speaking to me that day. And basically, the universe said, you need to start a TikTok, Gary. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> I went back from the PGA show. And honestly, I was just trying to learn it so that I could help our ambassadors. We had a couple hundred ambassadors at that time that weren't really crushing it online. And I couldn't understand. I'd made a couple hundred thousands of sales online, and I just didn't understand why our ambassadors couldn't sell this great product. So after the PGA show, I had the social media guys pushing me to start a TikTok. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go on TikTok and start there and see if I can figure this thing out so I can help our entrepreneurs, our ambassadors. Well, within one month on TikTok, I blew up. I had 10,000 followers. We had made tons of sales at Lagshot. And I could not believe how fast I was able to utilize this tool to go viral and to gain sales. It was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen in marketing. And I'm not kidding. I was blown away. I was so dumbfounded that this was going on. I was going viral. We were having sales. We must have gained 100 ambassadors the first month I was on TikTok. Wow. We gained $200,000 in sales at Lagshot within five months on TikTok. I couldn't believe it. Blown away. So after that, knowing my SEO background, I started trying to figure out how I could dissect the algorithms to figure out how I could really make each video go viral. And I made it my goal, my life mission to figure out how to edit make content, film, make content, edit, post, write captions, do everything to make every single video go viral. 
I've got 60,000 or so followers on TikTok with 100 million views. We've done 100 million views on Facebook. Insane. <laughs> I've got 65,000 there. And all we did was just take what we did on TikTok and just move all our old videos over to Facebook. And we blew up there as well. It was crazy. Right. Then I built the Instagram. That's actually how it happened. I, I did TikTok first, right. then Facebook. And then I had my Instagram, but I really wasn't posting on it that much. And then I remember there was a shift in Instagram somewhere. I remember hearing about some things. So I got back on it, started testing it, and I started going viral there. What started happening at Instagram was amazing because I started landing actual business opportunities at Instagram, where at TikTok, we landed a lot of ambassadors and influencers and sales. But when I went to Instagram, I reached a different market. It felt like I felt like I reached a, a more classy clientele or right. I, I reached more businesses. I reached more professionals. I guess that's what I could say, like a LinkedIn. I just felt like I wasn't talking to a younger generation. I was talking to like older, more experienced marketers or people in business. And yeah, more sophisticated, more disposable income. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and really, that's when I kind of changed again to find people that I could start mentoring and helping to bring into Lagshot as ambassadors. We have over 1,200 ambassadors at Lagshot now. And so what I've done with the golf entrepreneur is really tried to lead by example, show people the tool works through the Lagshot videos I put on. I try to inspire our ambassadors through the quotes I put on, through the five steps on how to be an entrepreneur, or you want to create more sales, the mindset stuff, the success-minded posts that you have identified with, Yes. the entrepreneur stuff. So now I'm taking golf, I'm utilizing my golf swings and stuff, but using captions and, and sounds that really are geared towards personal development and growth. And that's the blend that I'm trying to do. And honestly, there's many reasons why I'm doing that. One, I care about people's growth. I really want to see people succeed, but I want to continue to, to grow my ambassador team. I want to find people like yourself that I can help mentor businesses. I have a lot of experience in this industry over 18 years in a lot of different areas. And now I want to become a, a coach for people. And so really that's where I'm going in the next level of the GGG marketing and the Gary Guerrero brand is I want to work with people that want to take their businesses to the next level, whether it be on social media or in their businesses. And, and actually next week on Monday, we're getting ready to launch the boost your followers challenge, which is a challenge that's going to help people explode their followers. Like I have online and we've got over a million followers now through all the businesses and uh, my personal channels that we've built. So it's exciting. Wow. Good stuff. Good stuff. So Gary, we could easily talk for like two, three hours here. This is just like the energy level that's coming out of you, the positivity. I'm just leaning in heavily here, but we do want to show a little restraint here because we are going to jump over on a Zoom call. We're going to record that for our Mod Golf YouTube channel. We're going to dig into a lot of other things here, but the few minutes I have you here, I, I do want to ask you about these three golf businesses. And let's start with Lagshot. We've got Lagshot. We also have Scratch Golf Academy. And we can talk about golf fanatics a little bit too. But I want to focus first on Lagshot. So with that, I, I want to know the origin story with that because there are other golf products out there just as far as swing training aids. Where did you see the gap and the opportunity, what the other companies weren't doing, your differentiator, all those good things. And then what gave you the courage to then create something physical? Because I know myself creating hardware or some, a physical product, they call it hardware for a reason because it's hard, right? <laughs> this is not like what you've done in the digital space. So yeah, let's start with that. 
Give us that aha moment of why you decided to double down and go hard with lag shot and transition or golf fanatic. So let's let's tie all three of those businesses in and as we finish up on our podcast. Absolutely. So it started with Scratch Golf Academy. So in 2015, when I connected with Adam Basiljev, we created Scratch Golf Academy. Scratch Golf Academy quickly rose to one of the premier online golf instruction websites. We have a YouTube channel now with over 70 million views that we've done lifetime, over 500,000 subscribers at the Scratch Golf Academy channel. We have well over 100,000 customers worldwide. So we've been able to tap into a large audience with Scratch Golf Academy to help them improve through video instruction presented by Adam Basiljet, amazing Mm -hmm. instructor. He was a 14 year director at the David Ledbetter Academy here in Naples, Florida. I was playing a lot of golf and this is how it happened. I was swinging an orange whip. I don't like to talk about my competitors, but this is how it started. I'm grateful for orange whip because orange whip gave us the ability to create lag shot. I remember being out on that course, warming up one day with my orange whip thinking it's too long. I can't translate my orange whip back to my seven iron. Right. You know, I would swing my orange whip and it's got this shallow plane and a seven iron is more upright. I couldn't bring them together. And I said, man, we should just throw a club head on one and create a flexible version of this. And so there's been years of this in the past. There's been other products like the lag shot. The Whippy Tempo Master was like the original lag shot, this little skinny, flexible shaft. It was so hard to hit because it was just all over the place. We looked at them all and said, well, why don't we take the best of both worlds and figure out how to develop our own? And really, that's how it was made. We looked at how to put a club head on a shaft that could bend. We found a manufacturer that tested with us to create the right flex. Once we figured that out, we literally launched Lagshot and it quickly rose to the top. So Lagshot was born because we saw a need in the market for a hittable swing trainer. Mm-hmm. There was all kinds of stuff out there you could strap on, you can put on, you can, you can swing ahead of time, but not too much things where you can actually hit a ball to make contact and get immediate feedback. And that's what we wanted. We wanted immediate feedback and we wanted people to be able to hit a ball and look at the ball flight and go, okay, I see what I'm doing and then be able to quickly fix it. And then that's the idea where Lagshot was born from. Then from there, we've developed the seven iron, the driver, the wedge. And now we're happy to announce we've launched a putter as one of our most requested clubs from the coaches. So we came out with the putter last month. We have baby clubs that are coming out next month that is taking Instagram by storm right now. There's a platinum ambassador his handles the baby goat golfer and he is out there just destroying Instagram with this little baby club that we have developed. And that's the next level. We're super excited about our junior program. We have the ladies line, the XL line, where we're just completing all the lines and just trying to um, be able to help every golfer at every age, every gender, be able to improve at golf and do it in a fun way. Cause you can hit balls while you're doing it. It's fun. Love this. Love this. Hey, I, I want to ask you this because I'm always fascinated about product design and the golf ventures we're working on are technology enabled, but they are physical products. So I love to hear the stories of what worked and what didn't. So tell us about, as we talk about in the kind of that lean startup approach of that feedback loop of building, testing and learning and then iterating again. And of course, the physical product, it's not like 
software and, and digital as you've been in where you can actually then A-B test or do something within like a day or even minutes to try something new. You said, okay, let's put a club head on a whippy shaft. Tell us about that process of early rapid prototyping to get something and then testing that to realize this is the product now that we've nailed it. Now we're going to scale it and then we're going to ship this. Tell us about that. Well, when we were getting started with Lagshot, it was directly in the middle of COVID. Mm. I started Lagshot, the business in November of 2019. That was when the pandemic was starting. So in January, when we were working with our manufacturer is when we got the announcement that COVID was out in China and my manufacturer is in China. And I didn't know how that was going to affect us. And every year around the end of January through February, China has the Chinese New Year. Yes. And they basically shut down all the factories and everything for almost a month. Literally, they shut down. And around this time, COVID was hitting. They were shutting down the factories. We were trying to get our samples made. We had been going back and forth for months. They were developing them, and then they would send it to us for sampling. Adam was our main tester since he's a three-time PGA teacher of the year, and no one better to have tested than him. So he would help us with the R&D early on, and we'd get notes, and we'd send it back. We'd redevelop it, like you're saying. And then this was in the middle of COVID. And it started getting really active in March. March 13th is actually my birthday. I turned 40 on Friday, the 13th. That's the day that Trump shut down the border. Yeah, yeah. I had to go to Ukraine. My wife is Ukrainian. I flew to Ukraine March 15th and got locked out of the United States. Wow. Long story short, we ended up shutting down the whole lag shot operation during this time because we didn't know what was happening with the world. June, we picked back up Lagshot. Within a month, we took it to market. We sold our very first Lagshot July 15th of 2020. And then we went on to do over $10 million in sales the first 10 months. Crazy. Win that award behind me right there. That's a $10 million. We're going to be showing that off and you're going to be showing us some samples when we uh, get over on, uh, on Zoom for our video conversation. And I want to hold off on this right now too, because I know that with ClickFunnels, how fundamentally important that's been for you to scale. So rather than telling us about that now, why don't we hold off and weave that into the conversation we're going to have over our YouTube channel. So I do encourage our listeners to become viewers over there. I will include the link in the show notes for our YouTube video that Gary and I are going to shoot here in a few minutes. And then you could actually see the lag shot product and learn a little bit more about that. So like I said, I can go on for another hour here, <laughs> Gary, we're, I feel like we're just getting going here. But yeah, why don't we hold off there? But before we, we finish up, why don't you let our listeners know where they can learn? I know there's many places they can find out about you and the products and, and the businesses that you have. But yeah, why don't you let our listeners know where they can connect with you, learn more about Golf Entrepreneur and also about Lagshot and also about Scratch Golf Academy. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for having me on here. As far as myself, definitely, please, I invite you to follow me on any of my social networks. It's the golf entrepreneur on all of them. I would ask you to follow me on LinkedIn as well. If you want to talk about business, Gary Guerrero Jr. is how you can find me there. Lagshotgolf.com is where you can pick up the number one training aid in the world. And scratchgolfacademy.com is my online instruction website. 
Good stuff, good stuff. And as I always do in the show notes for this episode, I will include all those links and some graphics that Gary had just mentioned. I will also have a bio page set up for Gary, so you'll be able to connect directly with him, also with his LinkedIn on there also, to make it nice and easy so you don't have to write all this down. So, wow. Well, I'm energized. I want to go build another business right now and uh, and scale it up after this conversation. So, hey, Gary Guerrero Jr., I want to thank you for sharing your journey, your insights on the Mod Golf podcast today with our listeners. And I'm excited for our next conversation, which I also want to hear about the future. I'm sure there's lots of things that you want to do in the next two, three, five, ten years. And I really want to get your insights on the future also. So, hey, with that, why don't we end it there, Gary? And again, thank you so much for joining me today on the Mod Golf podcast. Thank you, sir. Pleasure. So that's a wrap for this episode of the Mod Golf podcast. If you enjoyed this conversation about entrepreneurship in the golf industry, you can find more compelling episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen in. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on our homepage to hear about upcoming episodes and to enter our latest golf product giveaway. I'm your host, Colin Weston. Thanks very much for joining me. Bye for now.